Hello and welcome everyone to the Sports Unite podcast. This is episode 14. We are in the new studio. Let us know how it sounds. It might be a little echoey. We're working on soundproofing the room, but for the most part, we are down. The new studio is installed, and boy, do we have a jam-packed episode for you this week. We have a sports report with our culture and social commentator, JT. We go into lots of details of all the news that's been going on lately in the world of sports and a little bit outside of the world of sports. So let's get into the news. While we are recording this, baseball is back. Uh, unfortunately, the first game is on a rain delay at the top of the six. It's 4-1 to one Yankees against the Nationals. We'll keep you updated if they get back to the start of the game. And uh, actually, starting very soon, the doubleheader Dodgers-Giants will be starting up. But we'll keep you updated. Sports are back every single week. We get more and more sports on top of the baseball, on top of the soccer uh, that has been happening overseas. We are getting North American leagues starting again, just as other leagues like the Premier League is winding down. So we are so excited that sports are happening. So uh, let us know, are, are you excited for sports to happen? Are you expi- excited for sports to be back? Are you uh, missing sports betting maybe? Are you wanting us to cover sports betting? We can get into it. Speaking of baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays still don't have a home stadium for this 60-game season. The Canadian government decided not to give the okay for Toronto to play its home games in Toronto, and they are scrambling. They thought they had a home city in Pittsburgh, and then the health agency in Pennsylvania said nope. So once again, Toronto is homeless, looking to play about 30 games in their air quotes, home stadium. Now, some other suggestions were Tampa Bay, potentially, their spring training facility in Dunedin, or their AAA team home in Buffalo. Also, some other fans have been creative, especially one fan in Kentucky, suggesting their small town, which also is home to uh, a baseball team called the Blue Jays, uh, in Midway, Kentucky. They're a tiny town, he says, so uh, playing without fans wouldn't be an issue. A brand new baseball field for the college that is there uh, can be used for them. Uh, And uh, the guy is friends with both the mayor and the college president. But some downsides would be the size of the place, the clubhouse, and there being no hotels. I'm I'm pretty game for this. I think it'd be a fun experiment, but I don't think the baseball players or the teams could get behind it. I like these quirky things that come up, especially with what is going on in the world. We need great stories like this. Hopefully the Blue Jays find something soon and they can get back to playing. Speaking of getting things up and going, the CFL has made one step closer and one decision closer to potentially having their season start again in September. Three bids were received by the CFL for three cities vying to be the hub city for the teams to come and play this season. Calgary, Regina, and Winnipeg had all submitted bids to become the hub city, and Winnipeg was chosen as the city to potentially be the hub for the season. Now, this is a good first step, but a deal now needs to be reached. Kind of like the NHL, a league 
uh, and Players Association have to decide and have to get approval. And it looks like the CFL is still looking for government support to get a monetary support to get the season going. Unlike other leagues, the CFL does not have a large TV deal. So just broadcasting a lot of the games and having more sponsorship would work, but it wouldn't be like the NHL, the NBA, uh, MLB coming back. They don't have a lot of uh, TV money. They have a lot of ticket money. So with fans not being there, they're going to have to make up the money somehow. Now, the province uh, and Winnipeg itself has put up $2.5 million to create the bubble-like area. So we imagine a lot of that money is going to go into hotel, safeguarding, just making sure everything is safe for the players to do so, and maybe support the players coming back to Canada, going through quarantine, and then getting ready for training camp. So we'll be on this, hopefully... Things get decided really soon. I'm really looking forward to the CFL. Having just moved to the western portion of Canada where football is insane culture here. Really looking to uh, have the fans and the people really get uh, into the spirit of the CFL season. Mike Tyson is back. Not only does he look more jacked than ever and scarier than ever, he is fighting Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition fight in September. It'll be eight rounds, and I do believe they are raising money for multiple charities, which is great to see. So those of you who have been watching Mike Tyson just get jacked in videos. Don't challenge him to a fight because he's scarier than ever, and he will find you. Like I said, baseball is back starting today with a doubleheader and the Blue Jays will get started on Friday, tomorrow, July 24th uh, with a series in Tampa Bay. All right, we're going to get into our MLS recap. The tournament is winding down. Positions in the next stage have been mostly decided. Today is the last day of the group stage and then we will begin playoff tournament soccer for the MLS come Saturday. And boy, was it a doozy. So we're going to go group by group. We're going to let you know who has clinched a spot in the round of 16 and who has been eliminated. Remember, it's the top two teams in each group and the four best third-placed finishers. So in Group A, we have Orlando City uh, Soccer Club and Philadelphia Union have both seven points and booked their ticket to the next round. In Group B, the Earthquake and Seattle Sounders have booked their ticket as the top two. And Vancouver Whitecaps pulled out a miracle to qualify in a third position. In Group C, TFC and uh, the New England Revolution finished top two and the Montreal Impact were able to squeak in as a third place qualifier. In Group D, Sporting Kansas City and Minnesota FC, United FC uh, both qualify in the top two and Real Salt Lake got a third spot position. In Group E, the Columbus Crew SC and Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati both qualify. And in Group F, we have Portland and the Los Angeles Football Club finishing in the top two. Now, if you're keeping track at home, you'll notice that there are only three spots for the third place finishers. That means there's one more to be booked. So those in contention. So yeah, so the way it's going to break down is Houston is currently playing and currently beating the LA Galaxy 1-0. If they were to win the game, they would finish with four points and get the fourth and final position for the round of 16. If they do not win, 
then it looks like New York City FC will advance and be that fourth team. So it all depends on how this game shakes out. Round of 16 games do commence this weekend, and uh, you can watch on TSN online. There are streams all over, uh, and the first game is this Saturday. So we're going to get into the meat of the tournament per se, just like the World Cup feel. Kind of the second half of the tournament begins during the knockout stage. So that's going to be really, really exciting. If you want to watch a knockout game with us here at the Sports United Podcast, we're actually going to be going live. So check out our social media. If you want to hang out with us, uh, you can chat with us, talk with us as we go through and watch. Of course, I can't broadcast the game because that would be illegal. But we could hang out, have the game on, ask questions. We're going to start to communicate and get engaged with our listenership. So look out for us going live during some of the games and come hang out with us. Now the other tournament that's been going on is the Challenge Cup. The National Women's Soccer League. And they got into their playoffs and oh man. So it was a crazy quarterfinal matchup. So in the final order. This is how it shook up after the round robin. So the NC Courage, Washington Spirit, the Oil Rain, Houston Dash, Utah Royals, Chicago Red Stars, Sky Blue FC, and Portland Thorns. That's how they finished 1-8. to eight. So you do the matchup, you do 1 versus 8, 4v5, 2 versus 7, and 3 versus 6. In the first quarterfinal, which is the 1v8 game, the Uh, NC Courage went undefeated, looking like they were going to steamroll the competition like they did in the round robin. They were going crazy. uh, Portland did not have an answer for the attack. But in true exciting tournament fashion, we get our first upset. NC controlled the game. If it was not for Portland's keeper, Eckerstorm, the game would have been 8-9-0 easily. But because of the stellar tending from the keeper and Portland taking advantage of when they had an opportunity, they finished with a 1-0 win to advance to the semifinals. Did not win a game in their round robin, and they pulled the first upset. This is what makes sports amazing, and this is what makes tournaments like these on any day, anyone can beat anyone, and it doesn't matter if you win all your games and expect a free pass to the finals, you still have to show up and play and get those right bounces. They hit a hot keeper and they just didn't get any bounces. That's sometimes what happens and what makes sports beautiful. In the 4v5 matchup, it ended in a nil-nil draw and had to go to a shoot had to go to a shootout. Both keepers played well, made key saves, pushing the shootout to the final shooters. And it turns out that the Houston keeper stopped three shots, one more than the other keeper, and Houston advanced. In the two versus seven matchup, beginning of day two of the quarterfinals, Washington controlled the game. Sky Blue, this was their first knockout game since 2013. And again, the game came down to penalties. It was a defensive battle and outstanding play by the keeper. And the difference was one save in the shootout. And Sky Blue came on top 4-3 to win in the shootout in another upset. So right now we have the 8th place team, the 7th place team, 
and the fourth place team. And in our final three versus six quarterfinal, again, another defensive battle. There was very low score. And this too ended in a nil-nil draw and had to go to a shootout. The keepers stood on their head. This round, knockout round, have been all keepers. And once again, Chicago came out. The lower-ranked team became the victor and won in penalties, booking their spot in the semifinals. So in the first semifinals, we have Houston versus the surprise Portland team. Looking to keep that Cinderella tournament going, Houston turned out to be a little too much for Portland, and they scored a 1-0 victory with a goal in the 69th minute to go into Sunday's final. In the second semifinal, Chicago and Sky Blue was the tale of two halves. In the first half, Chicago scored twice in the first 10 minutes. They had a 3-0 lead in, uh, in the 60th minute. That's when Sky Blue decided, you know what, maybe we should play. This is, this is a game, isn't it? And they mounted a big comeback, scoring two quick goals to make it 3-2, but just couldn't get that final decision to get it to a 3-3 draw. And Chicago squeaked out a victory, booking their ticket to the final on Sunday. The, uh, the final is Sunday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which you can watch on Twitch. Uh, and I th- believe CBS instead of CBS All Access, so you don't have to pay for that. So look for the final this Sunday. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win. Will it be Chicago? Will it be Houston? The four versus six matchup? Let us know. Also beginning this weekend, tournament for the CEBL. That's right, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is happening in St. Catharines, begins this Saturday. Uh, with the Hamilton Honey Badgers taking on the Niagara River Lions at 1.30 Eastern. Each team will play each other once, and the top four teams will make it to the semifinals. Round-robin games begin this Saturday and go until August 5th, with the semifinals and finals happening that next weekend on the 8th and 9th. All games will be broadcast by CBC, so you can check it out on CBC, CBC Sports, uh, CBC Gem, their app. Uh, You can find it online. All games will be broadcast Check out some great Canadian basketball, great teams. Uh, there's a new team entering the tournament, so there are seven teams altogether. Can Saskatchewan keep hold of their title from last year? Check it out. It's going to be an exciting, another exciting tournament going on. Now it's time for some news that will unite us all. Moa Ahmed shattered the 5,000-meter Canadian record by running it in 12 minutes and 47 seconds, breaking the record by 5 seconds. He is now ranked, and now has, the number 10 fastest 5,000 meter time in the world. In the world, ever. It's a great effort, a gutsy run, and we really hope that he can keep this momentum going into 2021 and into the 2021 Olympics. And as of today, we are one year away from Tokyo 2021. Supposed to be this year. World got turned upside down, as Hamilton says. That's okay. We are one year away. We actually have a big project with the Olympics cooking. It's going to start fairly soon because it's going to take a while to get through. We're really happy that hockey is getting going because we feel worried for some people, including Gritty. Gritty's got a lot of time on his hands, and he likes to be mischievous. 
So there's a trend going around where people make fantastic looking cakes fantastic looking cakes and they make it look like real items. So you're not supposed to know if that's a toilet paper roll or a cake or if that's a bottle of wine or a cake. Scissors, cake, calendar cake, we don't know. Well, Gritty started to kind of have a crisis on his hands. He started to look at the trends and then started to look up Gritty cakes and then started to wonder if he was made of cake. We hope you're okay, Gritty. Don't eat yourself. But if you want to check out the video, it's on his Twitter. He's actually a really great follow, especially for a mascot that we think will be in the Hall of, Mascot Hall of Fame very, very soon. Uh, probably in a first ballot. He definitely has deserved it already. But go check it out. Uh, it's a good chuckle of a video. Gets you laughing. Gets you kind of excited for what is happening next weekend with hockey returning. Speaking of the uh, NWSL, we have a new team. The NWSL will welcome a team in LA and be the 10th team for the league, and this one has serious women power behind it. The team will be known as Angel City and will be owned by a majority of women, including Natalie Portman, Julie Ullman, uh, Alexis Ohanian, and will begin play in 2022. Now, of course, uh, if Alexis is there, then we also have his wife, Serena Williams, and their two-year-old daughter, Alexis Olympia Ohanian Jr. They are both investors in the team. Even their daughter, at two years old, is an investor and owner of a team. That kid is going far. We also have Uzo Aduba, Jessica Chastain, America Freres, Lily Singh, former U.S. women's soccer team members such as Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, Amanda Cromwell, and many, many more. This is a huge win for the league, women's sports, sports in general hopefully this starts to be a trend in more money going into women's leagues more tv appearances i think this tournament has been great for the nwsl and we have the wnba starting up uh just kind of like the nba very very soon we hope this leads to more pay equity appearances on tv and it just becomes a normal site that we can have nba and wnba playing back to back on espn on abc we have the NWSL and the MLS playing back-to-back -back on major network televisions. There's no difference. They both give you quality entertainment. They both give you quality play. Let's get this going. This could be the one great bright spot of this pandemic is really looking at how we treat women's leagues compared to men's leagues and why it's wrong. Let's get this going, people. Let's get this small crowd going and... Make the difference. Write the letters. Send it to congressmen and members of parliament. Get it out there. So speaking of the Whitecaps, the Whitecaps were without a backup goaltender for their game today, which they ended up winning. They had to win by two goals, and they did, over Chicago. And they were able to squeak in and get a third place advancement to the round of 16, the knockout round. Besides that two-goal win that they had to win by two, they didn't have their backup goaltender, and they took a page out of the hockey playbook and looking for emergency backup goaltender. Of course, in soccer, it's called the keeper. Uh, since they're in Orlando, they reached out to a former Vancouver goalie, one Roberto Luongo, asking if he was available to come and just 
dress as the backup goaltender. They even made a jersey for him, and which uh, Luongo politely declined the offer, but it made for a very funny Twitter exchange. With the new Major League Baseball season finally underway, we have more history being made. As Alyssa Nekin became the first woman on field as a coach. Uh, she was a first base coach for the Giants during one of their final exhibition games. And we do hope to uh, see her get in uh, some of these games in their first series against the Dodgers. But it's a good step in the right direction, uh, having more women as coaches. NBA has really uh, followed the lead uh, in the men's side. Uh, but of course, there have been many great women's coaches in women's leagues. But we hope that they can break into the men's league. Just it shouldn't make a difference if you're a man or a woman coaching men or women. If you're right for the job, you're right for the job. And we have to final, and we have to end uh, this segment with the announcement of the Seattle NHL team announcing their name. But Seattle unveiled their name as the Seattle Kraken, which I think was the best name uh, we saw come up. Makes the most sense. It's pretty cool. Pretty unique. Kraken is a strong creature of the sea. No one wants to mess with a Kraken unless you're having some rum, which they are now the official sponsor of the Seattle Kraken, the Kraken rum. They're going to have pretty wicked jerseys. Uh, the first the jerseys that we've seen, they're pretty stylish. Uh, sports fan, uh, you know, you kind of have to look at it and go, kind, you know, I kind of want to own it. There are a few jerseys outside of the teams that I cheer for that I would have. And uh, yeah, they're right up there automatically. They got pretty sick jerseys. I like the color scheme. I like how they incorporate the S with the Kraken and their anchor logo, which has the Seattle needle. They're uh, 10 out of 10 on looks already. And hopefully they don't go crazy with the expansion draft, which is going to happen next year. But we will wait and see. Uh, follow them on Twitter. They have a good Twitter team already, great promotional videos. And now we're going to get into the sports report. We're going to turn it over to JT, who's our social and culture commentator. We're going to go through lots of things to do with name changes, the world of sports, how it affects culture, uh, music, movies, being a DJ. We're going to get into all of that and we'll move it over to there. All right, and welcome to this week's Sports Report. We have our culture and social commentator, JT, joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I'm kind of loving that title of, what was it, culture and social commentary? Yes. Good, because I'm not a sports expert, so <laughs> this is probably the first time an actor in the history of the world has been asked to comment on sports. So why don't you give the listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, uh, I, I'm mostly in the entertainment sector. So I'm an actor, as I just said, in the theater. I'm not really a film or screen actor or anything like that. And I'm also a DJ. So, uh, well, used to be before COVID-19. <laughs> but uh, so I uh, co-run a business, a DJ business with a friend of mine in Toronto. And we do mostly private events, everything from weddings to corporates, stuff like that. Um, I don't know. What else can I tell you? In general, I'm an artistic guy. Does that answer the question? I don't know. I, I think it does. Sweet. Good. 
So uh, we got a whole flurry of questions going to go through. Uh, you know, tons of stuff have happened uh, since the new year. And uh, we're going to fire through a couple of uh, categories. Uh, we're going to start off easy. Uh, let's ease into it. So uh, especially since uh, COVID has hit, what uh, role do you think sports play in our society? I like how you uh, frame that as starting off easy and uh, it's probably <laughs> like one of the most open-ended questions out there. <laughs> what role, especially since COVID, what role do Yeah, well, play? yeah, well. Whew. Um, I guess since COVID, it's really just the recreational kind of discipline and getting yourself active and out there in the world still. Um, I think the very nature of sports being shut down has allowed for athletes and managers and the organizations themselves to become a bit more familiar with how to communicate with the world through social media and maybe talk about hot button issues or get their opinions out there like the rest of us do because we all seem to think we're experts on everything um but in general i think i i don't think the the role of sports in society has changed much uh it's it's individual based i mean it's entertainment for hundreds of thousands of people uh, it's recreation for others, and it's a way of life for others. As far as recreation and a way of life, I think uh, sports is probably still one of the greatest contributors to a development of character and a discipline, uh, moral ethics of how you work together in a team, and and following basic rules of what's right and wrong to construct your life around. And I, I find that element of sports really quite fascinating. I always... Uh, as, a, as an actor, I also teach drama and I always try and compare it to sports because athletes or active sports practitioners practitioners have like this inherent uh, knowledge of when I offer you something, you give back, right? It's, it's give and take. It's either passing, uh, working as a team to achieve the goal, but it's also just the respect. The, the inherent respect for the discipline on the field, on the ice, on the court, and the behavior that you have to conduct yourself with throughout your everyday life, I think is pretty admirable. So huge answer, but I don't know. Uh, sports is either your entertainment or it's your discipline. And I think it's, it's a huge contributor to our way of life right now. I think that's the best description I've ever seen on, you know, why I follow rules so well and, you know, <laughs> really like playing on a, a team that I've never thought of it that way. That was very poetic. Oh, thanks, man. I, I'm a, I'm a terrible team player, admittedly. <laughs> like I, you're, I'm terrible at sports in general, but like the sports that I love to play with the exception of basketball are like, you know, tennis, badminton. Uh, I want to take up golf more uh, where I don't have to deal with, with anybody and other people. So I think it's just an element of respect for other people that I've gotten that, that idea out of. Um, so uh, since uh, kind of social media blew up, uh, I don't know, must be 15 years now, maybe. Yeah. About um, that. How has uh, the shift of how we view athletes, do you think it's changed or we've just changed how we see athletes because we can see them all the time on social media, whereas we had to wait for news reports or interviews uh, before social media? That's a good question. Uh, um, I don't think it's changed for athletes any more than it's changed anybody in some kind of heightened position. 
right? So like as an athlete, you're a celebrity. It's that simple. I think we've, we've put the same level of expectation or responsibility onto athletes as we have onto enter, uh, uh, film entertainers, politicians, everything like that. I mean, social media has been, uh, those first five years of it, we'll say, everybody thought it was like the greatest thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the advertisers hadn't gotten in, businesses hadn't taken control of it, and we could all reconnect with the fucking people we didn't care about after high school, right? Something like that. But then as, as... ad companies get in and news organizations get into it and the the whole echo chamber of your opinion feeding back into you has created this ridiculous sense of entitlement or my opinion is as valid as yours and i think we've put that on to the athletes and the celebrities a bit too much um but whether or not it's it's uh, a responsibility that they have to have on social media to speak up on things or whatever. No, I, I don't think, I, I don't think anybody in an entertainment world should feel like that they have to have this responsibility just because they have a platform. They either care about an issue or they don't care about an issue or they don't want to use their celebrity for that. And that's their business. Right. Uh, so I don't know if that, that makes sense. If, if, uh, how do you think, do you think that uh, athletes are, uh, we've, we've changed our perception of them due to social media? I don't think, I just think more athletes have a voice now. It's not just one or two players from a team or from a sport, you know, have come out because those are the ones that are going to get the TV views. You know, if the, the 15th man on a basketball team, if you're going to talk, if you're quoting Michael Jordan, like then they'll play it. But if you're talking about, how you know some person fell down the street in Chicago and you really want to have a fundraiser for them they're not going to care only until Michael Jordan cares so I think more people can have an opinion and now that more people are on social media more people can take it up and raise their issue Um, and then you get the double-edged sword where people take that opinion and try and rake you through the mud because it's not what you think. So how dare they speak out against something that challenges your views? You know, you're just a sports athlete and that kind of goes into our, our next question. Why do people get so threatened? Especially, uh, I mean, Fox news is just a whole nother thing, but like, you know, when LeBron James speaks up and then someone gets so offended and they just tell them to, oh, you're just a basketball player, just, you know, shut up and dribble. Like, why do their opinions threaten people? Is it because they have so much influence and they can actually change something because they have so many followers and maybe a bright idea that their idea isn't chosen so that they feel threatened and they want their idea to come up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, you hit on a lot there. I, I actually really liked your your point to uh, that you said that social media has allowed kind of the uh, well, let's call them backbenchers or or, you know, the non Michael Jordan's Gretzky's and all them of the world to have a voice. I had never thought of it that way. I really hadn't. Uh, and you're right. I mean, it's one thing to hear from uh, Kyle Lowry, but 
a few years ago and Fleet would have never had a comment, right? Or mm -hmm. anything like that. That's, that's interesting. I never thought of that. I have to think of that more. Um, but like, ah, man, why are people threatened by it? I don't think people are. They, they only hate it or they only say shut up and dribble or, you know, stand up Colin or anything like that because they don't like what they have to say. Right? Like people are doing the exact same thing to you. Certainly to me, you've seen me on social media. I get ridiculous. <laughs> right? and, and that's it. People, again, like we were saying before, social media has created this echo chamber and made us feel like our, our opinion is valid on everything, which is fucking bullshit. Right? Like, I mean, I can't, you, you can ask me anything about, so we're talking sports. You can ask me anything about how a linebacker needs to conduct their position. Is my opinion going to be as valid as yours? I've never played a game of football in my life. How would I know anything about that? Uh, so until we as individuals can, can understand that opinions still have to be formulated and informed by some kind of expertise or real knowledge, we're not going to like it when somebody stands against us. And I think maybe we do get more vocal against the athletes because, how do I say this sensitively or nicely? We know that sports, especially, you know, major league sports, uh, is a way out for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. We know that they yep. haven't had the same educational opportunities as others. We know that they, they may not be the most academically smart. So when I think when you have somebody who's come from those neighborhoods or from that background speak up on a real issue that's different to yours, and you don't have the information to really support your end of it, you're naturally going to lash out and, and, and revert them back to a service role for you. Um, so, and it's, it's the same as we see like all the YouTube videos shared and crap of people who, uh, who uh, are lashing out at retail workers. Uh, like that, uh. Right. It's just this, this thought in our head that because of what you're doing, you must not be as smart as me or you haven't had the same level of education and resources that I have had. So you deserve to be down here and I'm going to make you aware of that. And I think athletes are just more victim to that. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. That makes sense. That's a good way to put it. I put them, you know, quote unquote, put them in their place where they think they are and they only got to a status because they can dribble a ball or catch a ball. So, you know, without that, you, you know, quote unquote, would be nothing. So you have no reason to talk about it, which is not the case at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the case at all because again, they're, they're humans. Uh, they, they have valid thoughts, valid opinions. And yeah, if they have followers on a platform that they can share it through, we can't fault them for that. But like you, you just said um, about putting them in their place or whatever. And that's, that's, I think, is exactly what people are doing. It's this idea that at the end of the day, I pay your salary, right? Mm. I go to the games. You make money because I watch you. You're shit without me. And what a terrible way to think, eh? Oh, uh -huh. I hate <laughs> um, so uh, one big thing, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement that has coming up, um, this is kind of focused more on uh, basketball than it has uh, any other sport, uh, which makes sense because, uh, you know, a high 80% of the players are black athletes. Um, one side of the arguments, and you can kind of give or take 
the the leader of it uh, you know his motivations uh whether or not it, he really does care or if you know he just doesn't want to play or you know doesn't want to play for the team he's on but uh one side of the argument is that if athletes start to go back to playing uh which they're still scheduled to do uh that all this effort that they've been putting forward getting the movement going and keeping it in the spotlight once they start to play all their efforts are going to be taken away because they're playing basketball again they have to focus on that and they can't put that effort into the change keeping it going forward so they shouldn't be playing um do you think that you know they can do both or that they shouldn't play until something more has changed uh or his in his case he was saying that if uh, they shouldn't start playing until everything has changed well i mean that's not gonna happen you know in a very quick time so you're essentially saying no more basketball for, you know, years to come, which pays everyone's salary. Uh, Do you think that he's correct that they can't do both at the same time? I think, uh, I think it's unrealistic absolutely to assume that uh, the, the NBA or an entire industry should shut down until this is solved. Cause like you say, we're talking years, right? Maybe even decades of groundwork to, to change the social consciousness. I think it's, um, I think it's knowable, the thoughts. And I don't know what it comes down to is the momentum, uh, keeping the momentum of the movement going, I think is going to be difficult. And uh, it's going to come down to the the individual athletes in, in a way, right? Because let's, let's all be honest, uh, when we're working, our social media life goes down uh, naturally, right? So it's a work-life balance thing. And I think people often forget that being an athlete is a job, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not just showing up to your games in the afternoons and evenings and then having the rest of the day to party or whatever. I mean, well, some of them do. But, you know, uh, like there's still practices every day. There's still their appearances that they have to do. Heck, maintaining your personal brand is a business unto itself, right? So when they go back, all of that's taken over a portion of their life, right? So yeah, it means they're not going to be posting as often. It means they're not going to be commenting on these things as often. So it's going to be their individual choice. How many of them want to really take that work-life balance and and still focus on this movement and this issue as it requires um or do they maybe want to just get back to work and calm down i don't know if we can fault either decision and i i don't know i don't know if it's if it's right to keep uh, or to shut down the industry until this is solved but i certainly think it's noble <laughs> if if that's something they can do I, now, I don't know what the answer is. Now, something that uh, another issue is, so the NBA is allowing uh, social justice messages on the back of jerseys instead of names. Uh, so, yeah, so that they can put, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, they can put uh, like Brianna Taylor, um, the names of victims and other approved messages. And also in this, of course, there are going to be ones that are not featured. Uh, and some of that is uh, kind of like the free Hong Kong uh, message. Mm-hmm. And 
a lot of people are obviously the NBA has a large market in China and lots of money and viewership. So of course you get that. You don't want to upset a large, you know, pool of money that you're getting with uh, a message. And so some people have been faulting the NBA for picking one issue over the other. And then you get people saying, Oh, it's, you know, you should do all or none. Um, Also, uh, I guess kind of uh, the way I look at it is, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and social change here in North America is, you know, it's a worldwide issue, but it really impacts the United States and really impacts a lot of the players in the NBA because they've gone through it. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, it's not in the, a lot of people's uh, view, uh, you know, eyesight in the, at least the U.S. with uh, the issues in Hong Kong. Uh, do you think, does it look like the NBA is just not wanting to upset a large viewership and, you know, funding pool, especially when they want as much money as possible because they've been losing money? Um, do you think that they should do one and then maybe look at the other later on? Or should it be both or should it be none? Um, okay, let's, let's acknowledge right off the bat that for sure uh, there's a money interest here. I, mm-hmm. Like we we can't deny that, and uh, I will say NBA, please don't shut us down. You know our uh, <laughs> our fifteen to twenty viewers each uh, or listeners every week, please. Uh, yeah, NBA, <laughs> you're one of the Adam only Silver. You're a great commissioner, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay, NBA. Um, I hate I hate the 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 concept that people have of it has to be all or none. Come on. Like, please, do you, is that how you conduct your life, right? If, if you're giving money to, to uh, cancer, whatever, right? You want to see the eradication of cancer. Should ALS knock on your door and be like, what the fuck, man? Come on, you gave to cancer $30 last month. You can't even give us 10 bucks. I know your game plan. It's all or nothing. No, none of that's ever going to happen, right? So I, if, if the NBA wants to pick a cause and focus on it and go with it, man, power to them power to them and everybody else should just shut up because that's that's the cause that matters to them right now there's nothing wrong with that that's stated you have started a precedent nba mm-hmm. so Ooh, yes i didn't even right? think of that yeah that's my issue and if you if this is the way you want to take it right now fine when it works and is all finished and said and done if it works and finishes you can't then just say no to everybody else or you can't be like, Oh, well we did our thing. See you later because other issues are going to come up. Social justice doesn't end with one topic and social justice is an ever evolving item of life. So if you're going to do this now, think carefully about how you're going to address it in the future. That's all I would suggest to them. So also something that's been in the news lately is along with social change is changing uh, sensitive sports uh, team names, or as they call them, nicknames, which I, it's a weird, yeah, I, I didn't know that. And that's something I feel like I should have have heard, but they I call don't know. them nicknames. It's on your letterhead. I don't think it's a nickname. <laughs> that's that right. <laughs> like logos on hats. Like, how is that a nickname? Like, so, uh, I mean, this is, you know, f- at least since the year 2000, 
uh, for for some team names. Now I've been talking to some Washington football uh, team fans, and they've been saying this has been something since like '85, so yeah. 35 years that they've been talking about this. Uh, and I remember a few years ago when uh, this came up again, at least with Washington and everyone's favorite NFL owner, Dan Snyder, was like, he bingly came out and said, you know what, it's going to cost way too much to rebrand, take back all the uh, licensed equipment and then remake more. It's just too expensive. No, I'm the owner. I say what goes. Fast forward about four to five years later, we get uh, sponsors threatening and uh, it finally happened. Something that I didn't think and many Washington fans uh, that I follow that have podcasts they even came out and with uh like their own like 10 15 minute messages about uh what it means to them and i think it's it's great and it's finally and to the people that are upset about it i just think that they're thinking that all the memories and every you know super bowl title that comes with it that it's just going to magically go away because they don't have a, a name or a logo um do you think that it was uh, it, the final nail in the coffin was the sponsors pulling out and threatening not to fund anything? Or do you think that it had to do a little bit with the social change movement that's been going on? I, I think it's both. I think the sponsors are threatening to pull or were threatening to pull because of the social change movement, right? Without that, that wouldn't have happened. This discussion wouldn't be up again. Like it's that simple. And I mean, the Redskins in particular, like it, I don't even feel comfortable saying it. Uh, but yeah, I know that one goes back. I, did you say 85 was 85 around? is the earliest uh, year I've heard. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. Cause I remember, I remember the discussion coming up in the nineties yeah. and it would have been around 95 ish or 96. I remember what, trying to, I think it was around then. Um, and that's when I learned the term Redskins mm. was, was from this discussion coming up. So, yeah, it's, I mean, this has been an issue for, for decades. I don't even see how it's gotten to a point where we can, we can argue against it anymore. But, uh, and Dan Snyder's ridiculous. I think any, he's such a dick, he, but like he, any, yeah. if, if you're, if your your end decision to to not do what is inherently right is a financially uh, motivated one. We've got issues, right? There there are ways around that, and I'm quite sensitive, uh, being a businessman and a business owner, to the cost of rebranding and the cost of marketing and all that stuff. I I know it's huge, and for these guys, we're talking millions upon millions of dollars, no question. But when <laughs> You would never name your team the Washington Yellow Faces, right? Like, you would never, the N-word would never be used in a team name. Heck, uh, honky would never be used in a team name. White people would never tolerate that. So I, I, I guess I don't understand people's upset at a name being changed because, like you said, it's, the name is not the identity of the team. It's, it's a placeholder at best. It's, it's something that we, we put on you. It's like at any point, Justin, you can change your name to, I, I don't know, fucking banana hammock, like whatever. <laughs> you can change your name to whatever you want. 
you're going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. It's not like you change your name and then suddenly everything about you changes. Like, and that's, it goes down to that thing. Have you ever gotten this when you, uh, you tell somebody your name and they're like, huh, you don't look like a Justin. I get I, J- Jason all the time. They're like, ah, oh, Jason, eh? And I'm like, no, I've told you my name. It's not Jason. Yeah. And I, I don't get that. Like, I, I've never understood why people will be like, ah, oh, you don't look like a Mark. And it's, what, do, what does that mean? Because at no point in history have there been 10 Marks from the exact same locale who looked the same who acted the same, who behaved the same, and who had all the same thoughts. So when somebody says you look like a Mark, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. So when Washington Redskins or Edmonton Eskimos or Cleveland Indians have to change their name and people are like, ah, but everything's going to change. I don't know what to call you anymore. You, you don't look like a hawk or a panther or whatever, right? So I, I don't get... I don't have an opinion on this because I honestly don't understand what people are concerned with when it comes to a name change. What's, what's going to change? People won't feel, won't feel that comfort. And you know, it's, it's something that's not, yeah, (laughs) maybe, you know, I don't, it's, you know, something's changing in their world and they don't have that familiarity. So they, they feel weird about it and they don't like it. So I, you know, I'm going to raise a stink about it because I can and it's, yeah. I just, right. I mean, the, they haven't been good in how many years to gain <laughs> new fans when, when it wouldn't been like when they started, when they got uh, RG3, uh, was it five, six years ago, maybe seven years ago now when they had a high draft pick, that was the time to change the name, rebrand, you know, new new name, new energy, new forcefulness. We're going to get back because they haven't, they haven't won a Super Bowl in almost 30 years. They haven't been relevant. Like that 95, 96 when they were kind of coming down but still had decent players, that you know, should have been the time too. You know, right. You're on that curve up again maybe. If it, but, yeah, they haven't been good in a long time. So, like, it's not, it's not like, a, like thousands of people are buying your merchandise. You have a dedicated fan base, clearly, who have been asking for this name change. The average football fan, the other ones that you're kind of hoping join the bandwagon or buy a jersey or something, they're not – you suck. So, <laughs> you get a name change, people might be like, yeah, I'll buy that new uh, jersey or something. That's, that's a really good point. I mean, if uh... – when you suck and there's only going up from here, the name change is the least of your issues. Right? You like, a lot more rebuilding to do. Yeah, that's true. And I, I will say uh, they, they've had, I think I've seen 10 different names that might be changed to. Someone went out and trademarked all, I think up to 15 potential names that they might have changed it to. Some guy went out, the same guy, and he trademarked every like variation of it. Wow. And so like someone, I guess, who works at the or looked up the different names to see if it was available and nothing was available and it said like owned by one person. So that person is a very smart business person and <laughs> Yeah. That's uh that's a commitment to 
being a dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. And I mean, it, shouldn't it matter like how it's trademarked or through what it's trademarked? Like, I mean, can you, can an individual trademarking it as, as um, an incorporated business? Does that count if for, if an NFL team wants to still use the name? Like, should there be different guidelines? Um, obviously, obviously, it depends if it's trademarked or copyrighted. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, it's not an image, it's a name. So it's usually just trademarked. Uh, I don't know. I think if one per, like one person owns the trademark, it's it's the same as if a business owns a a, a trademark or a name, yeah, like a band know. name uh, as well. Uh, I think it's kind of the same deal, but it's also the states, so I have no idea the differences, or uh, not too familiar with those laws and how trademarking works. Not uh, not quite there yet. Maybe maybe in a year or so we might have to trademark the the name of the podcast so no one steals it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever they pick, though, uh, even if they want to pick from that trademark list, just change the spelling. Ooh, there you are. If it's well, I I did see some of the the contenders, but I I can't remember any. So um, one of my favorite is the the Red Tails because it has a historical element and it goes back to you know my history roots. But that's the first uh, African American uh, uh, air team essentially. Uh, and they have a Washington uh, kind of base. So uh, I like that. Uh, I like names that have meaning, especially when you're changing it and not for the reason of like, oh, well, some people were saying, well, if you name it to the Red Tails and you're just pandering to like the social change and all that, it's like, so what? Yeah. So what? That's uh, that's kind of the point of this, isn't it? You're not you're not changing uh, like. Uh, it it has meaning it has a precedence to washington so kind of if you have that check mark that you sh- a name should be prevalent to the the area or the name like there you go it just so happens that it also helps further the cause of the social change that's going on you're bringing you know awareness to something that might not be taught in schools now cuz it's too far away yeah that's that's my pick um i don't know if they're going to go that route but that's a, that's a pretty good one, and you're right. If it's uh, what a what a great new way to start your history. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's going to be something that advances the current change that is, you know, forcing you to change your name at this point, uh, why not? Yeah, totally. Red tails. Let's do that. Spell it with a Z, so this trademark guy can can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, right? Uh, now, uh, one team that's come out that said they're not going to change their name uh, is the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, now, their reasoning is uh, because the name actually honors uh, the person Black Hawk, uh, who's an important Sac and Fox Nation figure uh, uh, who uh, had a great leadership in life uh, and inspired many people from Illinois. Um, and the fact that uh, they're a popular team, original team, uh, they've been very, very good the past decade, uh, causes uh, more people uh, to know the name and spread the positive message of Black Hawk and the important contributions of Native American people. Uh, this one, I think, is a little more tricky um, because 
it deals with one specific uh, kind of nation um, and as opposed to like a large you know indigenous population um, in this case do you think that it should be up to the Sac and Fox nation themselves to decide whether or not that that name is appropriate yes yeah I do um it's interesting because this one I hadn't known about before, right? Like, I mean, over the years, we've, we've heard about uh, the Washington Redskins so much and the Cleveland Indians so much. Um, and Blackhawks had sort of come up a little bit. And I had always been like, oh, why isn't that more prevalent? I didn't even know it was named after a person, right? Not, mm. not, uh, not some kind of slang or slur. So I think that's actually pretty fascinating. And because it's in honor of a person, yeah, it's going to be inherently different where there's no, as far as I can tell, it's not uh, abusing what is widely known as a derogatory or racial slur. Um, but that stated, yeah, I, th I do think uh, it should be up to the Sack and Fox Nation to allow the use of that name for those purposes. Um, the other thing too is like if if Chicago is going to keep that name and the Sack and Fox Nation support it, um, I think that should always be reevaluated because mm. you know we know um, in the case with the Eskimos, right? That at one time the term wasn't so bad, or or I mean it was always bad, but you know was a little more accepted. And so if this current Sack and Fox Nation is like, yeah, sure, you can use Blackhawks. Well, the next generation might not want that and they might have valid reasoning. So I think it always has to be open to evaluation and that uh, it's their call. The franchise should never say, oh, well, no, you said it was okay 40 years ago, right? Things mm -hmm. change. We get new information. The other thing too is like, if you're going to keep that name, then you got to uphold the, the, the standards, the, um, the ideals, the positive contributions, and that that uh, social construct that Black Hawk may or may not have created. I admittedly don't know enough about his history, but like if you know, if you had a a hockey team which is largely white um, called the the Martin Luther Kings, right? They, that's honoring a man who had a great history, and you support it. But then if you as a franchise and team are in no way upholding uh, civil rights um, or supporting black causes, then should you really have that name? You know what I mean? Mm, that's a, yeah. Always being open to evaluation. And if you're named something, you have to uphold to who you are naming yourself after, you know, make sure you align with what they're saying because like you said if you know the, the martin luther king hockey team is not for change and civil rights and is doing yeah. things the exact opposite that he was all for it's not uh you probably shouldn't have that name you probably shouldn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like uh it's like um hip-hop culture right or as a dj I, I have to acknowledge all the time that I profit from a black-based culture. And I have to live up to that. And I have to uh, uh, do everything I can to forward the movement on Black Lives Matter or the history of hip-hop, what all of this stuff means. So sports should fall under that same responsibility. 
mm -hmm. you're going to profit from the name Black Hawk, well then use some of those profits for good. And now you brought up uh, Canada's uh, own version of this and the Edmonton Eskimos uh, in the CFL. Uh, them too, I think outside of Washington, they've, at least here in Canada, we, we get that because it's here, maybe in the States, they might not. Um, but uh, they too uh, have come out recently and said they were going to talk to the Inuit people and get their kind of blessing or see what they say and they came out and said well well most people approve of the name so that's fine and whether they you know only went to certain groups because they knew they would approve of it or not is you know we will never maybe never know yeah. um but uh, they too have recently said that they are going to change their name and come out and it actually even uh got on espn and so it was uh picked up by American news stations as well. Nice. Um, and I think uh, this, you know, really helps the movement in Canada, especially with uh, Aboriginal and Indigenous uh, relations because, and, and Inuit people, uh, I think, get left out uh, a little more, um, depending mm -hmm. on where you are in the country, because they are mostly uh, in the Northern regions and many people live really close to the border. Uh, but uh, Jordan Tutu, uh, who's the first Inuit hockey player, uh, came out and, and tweeted it and said that, uh, you know, his dad identified with the name Eskimo, that he called himself that. Times have changed. He himself calls himself Inuit. Uh, and, you know, it, to him, it does, it's not offensive, but it's not up to him. And I think that was really powerful of him to come out and say that, you know, me as an individual, I'm not bothered by this name, but it's not up to me. I don't speak for the entire Inuit nation. And, uh, you know, it, you should be talking to every single person, not just uh, one group or two groups. And uh, I think that it was just, you know, easier just to change the name and then try and get every single person's approval because like we've been saying before, you said about, it's just a name. Yeah. It's, you're still you going to have your great cups. <laughs> yeah. You're still going to have your great cups. I, I don't think there's, you know, that there's uh, probably a community of Inuit people in Edmonton, but I, you know, they don't originate from Edmonton. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, the thing, the thing with this one. So if we're comparing to Blackhawk, let's say, uh, it's a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. uh, again, that's the name of a person. Eskimos is a widely known derogatory offensive term. So why it even gets to the question of, ah, maybe we should ask for approval on this. You've gone too far already. If you're even considering, oh, we have to do a survey on this, you've gone too far. The, the word Eskimo is offensive, derogatory, racially charged, therefore, full stop, change the name, right? That's where the discussion should end. Um, and I think you're right about Jordan Tutu um, coming out on this one to demonstrate that, I mean, no one group of people are, um, uh, is monolithic, right? We're all going to have different, different views and different opinions on vocabulary just as much as anything else. Um, I think it was it was smart of him to acknowledge that while he personally is not offended by the word, 
there are a lot of people who are, and that alone uh, warrants the change. Um, like, and again, it's like, it's, it, I'm not offended by the term honky. I'm not offended by cracker. I'm not offended by trailer trash. But some people are, and, and rightfully so. And at the end of the day, uh, no, we would never accept a team being called Edmonton Trailer Trash. We just wouldn't. It would never happen. Let's take that further. We would never accept an NBA team named Trailer Trash. It would never happen. We would not accept it. Let's take it further. We would never accept an Indigenous community with a sports team named Trailer Trash. White people would be up in arms about this. They would never tolerate it. And that's what this comes down to, is we've only gotten this far because the indigenous communities have graciously tolerated the use of a racial slur as a team name. White people would never accept that, never. So I, I just don't get why it's even a discussion. Um, I don't think it should have gone to the Inuit people for approval because again, some of them are going to say, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Use the, like the word doesn't bother me, but then there's going to be thousands of others that are like, uh, hell yeah, that's the N word to us. Right. So I don't know. What do you think? Why, why should it even go for evaluation? To me, it's a full stop change. The it's, name. it's them trying to save essentially money. I, again, the rebranding and the, just the, I don't want to say effort because you're making an effort to talk to people. So like you're, you're doing something, but it's, it's that whether they like the name or it's associated and they, you know, they just really feel strongly for the name that they, they just want to keep it. Uh, there's thousands of possibilities. Um, they're, you know, trying to be like, Oh, well we asked them and it was, you know, we included them in the talk. So there's something that, yeah, you did, <laughs> but that didn't really do anything. And here we are yeah. years later that you're changing the name. And me personally, uh, I think it would be, uh, you know, 10 out of 10, if uh, an, an indigenous uh, community hockey team or lacrosse team or soccer team named themselves uh, trailer trash. I think we deserve it. You know, why, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's their turn. Why, you know, hundred percent yeah because I, I have it, to agree with that it sounds like something that you would see in south park or a cartoon you know uh, i'm making a mockery and I, I haven't seen every south park episode i'm sure they've done it actually they have done uh one thing i do recommend uh is south park did take on the uh the the washington name fiasco a few years ago Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. And Cartman goes through this whole thing where he becomes, I don't know if he becomes owner or GM of the team. And uh, they, they essentially make a mockery of how stupid it is that they're called the Redskins. And uh, it's super funny episode. Uh, it just popped in my head. I completely forgot that they did it, but I didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. They've been South Park's been like on top of it with because uh, they can pump out episodes in a week of yeah. uh, all the social commentary and so they do a fantastic job of making it silly and then it's like well that's real life so see how silly it is exactly yeah oh, but man. uh yeah uh it's crazy i gotta watch that one but yeah i i know what you mean too like it it, it comes down to money mm -hmm. it really does and 
that's that's to your advantage from a keeping money perspective but i also i'm not sure when it gets to the point that you only respond because sponsors threaten to pull i'm not sure that looks good on you especially after in the case of edmonton we know that that survey was done what in february yeah and th- that was the second survey that they did they did one a few years ago also and right so um those conclusions come not before Black Lives Matter, but before the current iteration of the social change movement that we're going through now. To double down, though, on your we're going to keep the name and letting that last for a week or two until sponsors said, yeah, no, man, that was just a bad move. Don't you Mm -hmm. think business and money-wise, it would have just made more sense to say, yeah, you're right, we're going to change it. And hey, can you maybe send us a donation or two to help with all these costs to to rebrand and change everything? Exactly. A sponsor is going to, you know, if if they can afford it now, obviously, but there are some companies that like have, you know, vastly improved their economic status. You know, how good is it going to look on them? They'd be like, we helped drive the change. You know, we're going to be a sponsor to this. And yeah, we're helping them make new... uh, uniforms and merchandise and you know we're driving the change and then use that for ad like it's it's a gold mine for some companies totally fedex would be perfect you just came up with it we're driving the change <laughs> a better way forward right come on so fedex fedex uh i i don't have any american listeners yet but uh fedex if you're hearing this uh can you please i just need my student loan paid off that's uh <laughs> you know, throw throw JT some uh, money as well, and we're, we'll call it even. You can uh, have it for a uh, hundred years. There you go. FedEx, I love you. Always have. Screw UPS. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're watching UPS, <laughs> you too can drive the change for. <laughs> you can. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So we're gonna uh, now that all the heavy stuff is out of the way. Uh, <laughs> hope you know maybe. Uh, this is more of kind of a local uh, stuff that affects us. Um, so we're, you know, both from Ottawa and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have a hockey team and uh, they decided to put the arena away on the West End when it wasn't part of Ottawa because uh, that it was just cheap at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, now they want to put an arena downtown and it looked like they had a deal and then uh, they didn't because the owners... Uh, a dink and he, uh, can't <laughs> yeah. keep his mouth shut. Um, so do you think that uh, there should be an arena downtown? hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, Ottawa wants to be a big boy city, put an arena downtown, right? Get, get your, your, not only your sports teams downtown, get your concerts downtown. It's a multi-purpose use space. Of course it should be downtown. Who like when they, now I live like from where I'm looking right now, I can see the CTC, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, none of this existed when that thing was put up. It was a cow field. Like, it was a cow field, yeah. And there, were, there was no transportation to it. It was the dumbest move on a city's part. And yeah, Melnick's never helped the situation because uh, he, he's just a lining pockets forward thinking for himself kind of a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, we need a downtown arena. Um, just to to keep us as a major player on on the world stage and to refocus all that traffic 
and that that crosstown movement to go to a game a few times a week and and every kind of event like it's just it's crazy the amount of work it takes to come out to Canada to to go to a game if you're you know from Orleans or something. I, I yeah, I've always been spoiled living in the wet. And you know, even after a game, I spend more time sitting trying to get out of the parking lot than it would take me to drive home. And yeah. I can't imagine someone from Orleans having to sit in that parking lot if you don't leave right away or whatever, and then having to take the entire four seventeen to Orleans. It, like that takes yeah. dedication. It, yeah. And now that there's residential around it too, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's a gong show every like, And there's a cop station right outside yeah, too. Yes, so there like, is. <laughs> you, you've just set up the, the craziest traffic blockades with, with cops moving everything one way. I mean, it's just, you're right. It's an hour to get out of that parking lot. And then the, the parking to- lot was not designed very well. Oh man. Like with the, was underground parking not a thing that Ottawa knew about back then? Had they never heard of this? You know, I think they were just afraid to dig deeper into the ground and find, you know, actual earth instead of swamp, you know? this Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Because that's another thing, right? When, when that was built, so it's built in a cow field across what is now a street was swamp. Yep. <laughs> Literally built an arena in swamp. And in front of um in front of the a river and essentially uh the reason why it was delayed it was supposed to be built i think up to two years it was supposed to be finished two years before but what delayed it was the zoning that they had because the carb river just cuts right through it it's not a not big when uh it's the smaller end of the river but the environmental with the provincial uh government uh they had to get specific zoning so i think too that's why the parking lot's a little wonky because they could only go so i don't know i i read it uh in a book um but yeah it's just uh, that's crazy i mean that sounds like it makes sense it sounds like, very 90s <laughs> yeah and it's like the wor- the worst part about it is how is it like so it was finally built in 96 it opened in January of 96, yeah. Right, with Brian Adams, right? Brian Adams, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, he's not doing so well these days either. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, uh, so it was built in 96, and we're a city that in 2006, let's say, was still going, gee, I don't know why people aren't coming to games. <laughs> That's crazy to me, because you, you built the arena fucking out here. Go downtown, 100%. And it's funny, too, I think eight or nine years ago when the MLS was expanding, Melnick wanted to have uh, a soccer team. Right. And this was at the same time that they were voting to uh, properly redevelop lands down or not. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to bring a soccer team to Ottawa too. Uh, and so they were kind of competing bids for a soccer field. He wanted to build the MLS arena kind of where ta- uh, the Tanger Mall is now. Like he wanted it right beside, he kind of wanted to start to build the complex and then build his casino there as well. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, I, I almost feel like he, he wants his own little enterprise. He does. Or, or his, his used car lot or whatever, right? Like his own thing. The auto mall, you got a casino, you got a, you got a, <laughs> a soccer stadium. And... Yeah. At 3 a.m., the hookers start to come out from over here. Like, uh, yeah, they all have houses, residential, you know, right? <laughs> Jeez, yeah, he's crazy. So, um, sorry, go ahead. 
So now that kind of the plans for Le Breton have been are being redesigned, do you think now some plans didn't include a kind of a multi-purpose arena? Um, do you think that it it might not happen because people have a sour taste in their mouth or? Uh, okay, so this, I, I think it still might not happen because there's there's too many corporate interests going on with the Le Breton development that nobody can agree on, on what should be happening there. I don't think the arena should go there, though. Oh, I, okay. I don't. I don't think that's a downtown arena. It's not. Le Breton is still out of the downtown core and still requ- requires... Is, this is such a very Ottawa-specific argument. Is Does downtown yeah. start at Le Breton or does it start... Uh, once you uh, actually hit onto Albert or Queen, like right at the uh, whatever that first exit is when you're on the highway or Bronson, does it start yeah, at yeah. Bronson or does it? Oh, that uh, I'm so okay, happy. Yeah. Yes. So if you're not from Ottawa, right? Like <laughs> Ottawa looks like this. Let's say this is Ottawa. It's downtown is probably really this because you've got like the a downtown donut. Hole. It's like a donut hole compared on a donut that's right yeah so the donut hole on the donut is downtown ottawa and the whole thing includes like yeah let's say le breton and and let's say preston and somerset chinatown little italy we'll say because you gotta you gotta put those in there yes and it will go as far as uh, would, would you say like uh lee's maybe a little past no like king edward i'd say yeah, King Arthur. You could you could argue like Ottawa, like Ottawa U and Lees is like, yeah, kind of, yeah. I'd say like that's the tail end of it. If you really wanted to push it, once you get to like um, down Rideau to close to Vanier, yeah. Okay, you're yeah. you're out of downtown. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. But the downtown core is Bronson to Ottawa U, right? No question. Or Bronson to King Edward. Let's mm. say no question. So that's. That's putting the donut hole a little smaller there, right? And that Bronson to King Edward uh, sector, that's where everything happens. That's where uh, your club district, well, club district in Ottawa. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's where your club district is. That's where a lot of your culture is. That's where your government is. That's where your corporate is. That's where so much is going. That's where six transit lines meet, Mm -hmm. right? Um. So that's the downtown core. Le Breton still requires movement out of the core to somewhere else to get to the arena. So really, if you want your, now granted COVID's kind of been changing how downtown operates and we don't know if we'll have these 75,000 government workers right downtown anymore. Yeah. Let's assume we do, um, or that we still have a mass corporate element downtown. You want them walking to the games right? Mm. You want them just hopping on a quick two-minute cab ride to the game around the corner or something like that. Back out using businesses after whatever. You want everybody on public transportation going to the games. So you have your east-west bus line, your north-south LRT. You have the Quebec transit going into there as well. You don't have that as well over at Le Breton. You've only got a couple of lines going there. Um, The other thing too is like, once you get an arena at Le Breton, what happens after? Like, where there's nowhere to go after. There's no parking. Uh, yeah. 
you're you're causing the would they would they expect everyone to hop on the the uh the lrt to like that i feel like they had a vision where you know people would take the lrt to the breton because that's a station and then if you wanted to go to uh the market or Hmm. whether they built another you know bar district on spark street try and read generate that or something you after the game you get on that and you head east uh or you know people want to go home they head east or west i feel like that was probably the most likely vision or uh, i've seen depending on the development you look at they had some things at le breton with the stadium because they would have had some condos and they would and then you have zibby uh, being developed as well but that's more residential and like coffee shops not really bars but yeah uh, I feel like that was their grand vision and then once the whole it's, things started to get muddier and then you had two competing bids both with an NHL arena but one was with Melnick one was a different uh, organization and they wanted to put in an aquarium and yeah yeah so like I think that's when it started to get complicated when they're like they got six bids and two were approved to go head to head. And one was obviously driven by the guy who owns the sports team. And then, you know, big mouth being like, well, I can move it if I want. And yeah. Then uh, trying to, yeah, it's quote, like kind of blackmail, but like, I uh, you know it's my decision. And the NHL's kind of like, well, you kind of need approval, but um, yeah. So I think they got scared and then got his approval. And then he tried to play hardball with the government and the government's like, we don't have to accept this. And mm-hmm. we know that you can't just magically move the team overnight. Yeah. Melnick doesn't like any time somebody kicks over his sandcastle, right? Um, and um, I, I think you're 100% right that that was the intent behind the Breton, is that there's enough in existence close by to move yes. everybody to and from, and we can develop a little bit on the ground. Uh, but... I just don't see that being a realistic option with LeBreton either. Like, I mean, Zibby, the Zibby project across over on Victoria Island is kind of a mess right oh now. Oh my Lord. I had to do a project for school for that. Like, don't yeah. even get me started. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a total incoherent mess uh, on the division between residential there and what kind of restaurants they want. They were talking about putting a theater there. And can we talk about Ottawa's history with building on water too? Right. So <laughs> let's, let's think and, about that. and on an indigenous uh, like meeting spot, like talk about yeah. on it. And that crosses provincial borders. Yeah. Half of it's in Ontario, half of it's in Quebec, all of it's indigenous land. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it's, that's a, a mess unto itself. Um, but, uh, I think Le Breton, when it gets developed, like the, the aquarium is kind of a good idea. It I, maybe- I, I, I mean, uh, me being, I want them to get a new arena. And obviously that was, I knew that plan was going to win because he owned the team and he wasn't going to not own the arena if the other, but I was like, an, like an aquarium, like, that'd be so cool. Like Ottawa needs more cool. We have cool. And you get the people who are like, oh, Ottawa's boring. And it's like, well, you just have to look a little bit. It's not Toronto or Montreal where you look down the road, you go, okay, I have five things to choose from. You have to do a little bit of digging and that, you know, that's fine. And I defend Ottawa all the time being that, but adding extra stuff like an aquarium or something like that would be really cool. Yeah. Because like Ottawa needs more or more focused culture. Yes. Right. We, like you said, there's a lot that goes on in Ottawa, man. Like we, we, Blues Fest is one of the biggest festivals in the world. 
Um, just our, our bank street to byward market circuit. There's a whole lot of live music, uh, comedy, interesting things that go on, but there's no one focused area that culture can live. Mm -hmm. And the Breton can be really good for that, considering that the, uh, the war museum is not far away. Civilization's not far away. Uh, downtown core is not far away, right? Like, and so if you want to put an aquarium, you want to put uh, maybe uh, move the central library to mm, yes. Britain, um, put in uh, more facilities, whether it, it be movie theaters, stage theaters, uh, um, interactive stuff you can have with a bit of retail. I think that's the way to go. And then you could, I think, you know, um, that old D&D building right across from the Rideau Center on that transit line for yes. Ottawa. Yeah. Tear that down and put the arena there. It's directly downtown on all of your transit lines. Um, CTC right now is about six acres. That's 6.1 acres or, or roughly around. Build your parking underground. Put rooftop restaurants and patio on there. Have everybody walking to the games and out into the Byward Market and all the culture stuff that's going around right there like and so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to now look i'm gonna spend all day now uh going <laughs> on google maps and trying to see because when i get to Le breton and you get that like you look and you're just like like is that big enough for an arena like i like i know they can they can design it and you're just like wow i can't believe they fit that there and like i'm not an engineer I, like i just go spatial awareness and you know having just moved being like oh yeah my ikea wardrobe can definitely fit under that shelf and trying to eyeball measure it but every time i go to le breton i'm like there's they're planning to cram a lot in here and when they were building the lrt i thought they were going to move it for more space right but they just put it in the exact same spot as the bus stop used to be and i'm like oh because yeah. then you get to the the left and you're really close to the river and I just, I, I couldn't configure and picture it based on the photos. I'm like, that's a lot. And you're going to cram that all in there. And, but that's yeah. a, that's an interesting. Okay. I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm no engineer or, <laughs> or architect or anything, but when you take into account an arena that should be around the 600 acre uh, mark, maybe can get away with a little bit less in Ottawa, uh, but should be around that plus everything else they were going to develop there. I think it's a bit of a tight space and not to mention the amount of blasting you're going to have to do in that area <laughs> under a brand new LRT line. Like it's kind of nuts, but I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on that one and people want it in, in Le Breton. I really don't know. This, this could be the start. Maybe, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not happening for a while right now with the, everything. So we got time. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I still don't think it's going to happen before 2030 you know 2027 if the world gets back to normal like next year mm. but no so you, like you've said you're a, a dj um mm. and you've been doing lots of live streams and getting people excited and talking and dancing um yeah. do you find that uh i'm guessing you do but uh that music is a good way to uh get people into an escape and uh, definitely escape the outside noise. Yeah, yeah, of course I do, right? I mean, I wouldn't be a DJ if, if, that, uh, if that inherent love for music and, and the, the uh, I guess, 
feelings it can, it can bring out in people weren't, weren't of uh, importance to me. Um, but I think music forever has been that, that source of escape, right? We, you want to take it back to friggin' medieval jester times or, or crap, yeah? bring out the entertainment, right? Stop the chatter. We don't want to talk about this crap anymore. Um, but right now, it's um, any kind of inter entertainment you can get is going to be a nice escape from the political banter that's going on, the um, insane mental health toll of being stuck in your house as often as you are. If you got to get away from your spouse or your kids or anything, you're going to turn to music or some form of entertainment. And because we don't have as much right now where you can only watch TV for so long, uh, you're going to go through Netflix, you can't go out to a theater and stuff like that. Yeah, I think music is, is playing that essential role in people's lives. Just think about whenever, I don't know how often you do it, but like uh, so many people, right? You get in the car, you turn on the music. Mm -hmm. There's something you want to be distracted from, even if it's just your thoughts. Uh, while you're cooking, you turn on music and everything. So I, uh, live streaming has been hard, but I hope it's, it's helped some people through that. What's your favorite set to perform? Like a uh, type of music? Yeah. Um, so it kind of varies. Like personally, I love playing hip hop and R and B music. It's just, it's the music I love. It's the one I have the most fun experimenting with and playing with. Uh, but uh, well, and I guess this makes sense if you know anything about New Jack Swing, which is like, a, it was a big genre in the 90s and late 80s. Uh, and you you definitely know it, right? Like uh, Michael Jackson's Remember the Time is New Jack Swing. Voice uh, Men, like all, all that stuff. That's like my go-to when I don't know what to do. So maybe that one's the most fun. I don't know. But it's in that, it's in that area. I, lo I love playing that stuff. How uh, how long does it take you to come up with a, kind of a, an outline uh, for your sets? Or uh, how long does it take you to kind of uh, remix a song if you do that? Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two different questions. Um, so I don't, I don't make set lists. Okay. Uh, that's never been my thing. Because uh, I, do, I do mostly, like I was saying before, private events. Uh, I am quite comfortable working all requests. Um, I play all, I love all kinds of music personally, so I play all kinds of music. Um, so to me, just not having a set list opens me up to that freedom of moving in any direction. Or if that idea just pops in my head, like I'll do a lot of, uh, of rock songs mixed with rap songs, right? So if, if I tie myself down to a set list, I might not think of all these ideas and they won't come to me. So a lot of like remixes that I do are just ideas in the moment, right? And it's like, oh shit, I'm going to try this. Mm. If I'm in front of like a high paying client, I'm not going to go too far on the experimentation. <laughs> but like with these live streams or when I'm messing around at home or when I'm just doing like smaller gigs, have time, uh, that experimentation is what allows me to mess around with the remix. And then if I ever go to like actually produce the remix or record it and stuff, Man, that can take anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, <laughs> depending on what kind of a mood I'm in or if I keep screwing up or not. So have you ever considered uh, being an arena DJ? I mean, yeah, 
Like, I think with any, any art form that you practice or, or any sport that you practice, at some point you're going to think, ooh, what if I hit this level, right? Um, and it's, it's crossed my mind if I wanted to change the focus of DJing to be, uh, for me, to be more of a, a fan-based product than something I enjoy doing and client-based. And I still think about that. Um, I don't know if, if I'm ever going to be like the arena DJ because it's not, it's just not my style of playing. Mm. I like the intimacy of a crowd. I like seeing them move. I like seeing their reactions. And again, I don't create set lists, right? So it's not, it's not me showing off what I can do all the time. It's enjoying the experience with you. So I don't know. We'll see. Cool. I ran. That's very, that's so quick of you. Yeah, I, I, sorry about that. I just let it like zoom out. <laughs> um, now, uh, do you have a, like a song or kind of ways to pump yourself up before uh, you do a live stream or uh, before you perform at an event? Um, the, the song thing varies. Like it's whatever I'm in the mood for at the time. Um, I'll often like, uh, I'll listen to some other DJs sometimes just to get like that flow and inspiration going. Um, I don't have a routine though or anything like that. I, I don't know. Like yeah, superstitious. You don't have to flip the disc three times before you put <laughs> it on. <laughs> no, nothing like that. When, uh, when, uh, Uptown Funk came out, like that was kind of my pump up song for a while. Um, it's weird though, as an actor, I, I have a lot of routines and, and I wouldn't say superstitions, but just, I guess they're superstitions. They're routines <laughs> I have to follow before I go on stage. Never really had that with DJing. I still get a bit nervous before, and I, I don't get nervous going on stage as an actor, but going on to do a set as a DJ, regardless of where I am, I still very much like get heavy breathing going on and get a bit, it takes about half an hour into the set before I'm like, all right, we're good. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have a, uh, kind of go to, uh, I guess road trip playlist? Um, I have two, I think. Um, and when you say road trip though, do you mean like just a long drive or like a planned, we're doing like a, a road trip to, to various stops and, um, I guess either, whatever you, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I'll do like a lot of long drives for DJing and, and acting and stuff. Uh, and for those, like, I have a general uh, just hip hop mix that I, lo I love to put on. It's a lot of 90s stuff. So a lot of Notorious B.I.G.'s on it. Um, a lot of Will Smith or Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I have a, a real love affair with them. Um, what else is on there? Geez, um, DMX, there's a, there's a good DMX track on there. Uh, a lot of Dr. Dre, a lot of Lords of the Underground. Oh, man, it goes all over the place. Um, and then my other road trip mix is probably the complete opposite. It's Sublime, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, Tortoise Head, um, Harvey Danger, Marilyn Manson are even in there. So, uh, I don't know what it is. I'll often veer to the rock one after a gig because there are times where it's like 2.30 in the morning and I have to drive back to Ottawa or back to Toronto for the next day to do another gig. 
So it's like three in the morning. I'm like, better turn on Rage Against the Machine <laughs> and keep this, right? Uh, whereas the other hip hop one tends to be like when the sun's shining and I'm heading to a gig or something. Yeah. Nice. Um, what, uh, so you're an actor. What is, uh, what has been kind of your favorite roles to play? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I very much, I have a, a bad habit as an actor in that I get a little bored with, uh, with things fast. It's, I can think of very few roles that I've done where without question, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that again. Um, there's a couple that I, I want to do again, but it doesn't necessarily mean they were my favorites. It means that I don't think I did the job right the first time around, or there's something in that character that I missed. Um, and then every other one, even if I, I loved doing it, um, I'm just done with it. You know, I don't mm. want to, I don't want to visit it anymore. I have nothing else as a performer that I can bring to that role. So I'm not going to anymore, but like, um, favorite ones, like, uh, I played, um, Fagin and Oliver, the musical version. I think that's a role that anytime it comes up, I would go for it and try to do it because it, there's just a thousand different ways you can play the role. Um, and that's what fascinates me. The last one I did that I think I really want to do again is, is a play called Boeing Boeing. And it's a uh, long story short, it's a French farce. Dude has three girlfriends. Uh, they all end up in the same room on one day kind of thing. Uh, but the character I played was actually his best friend or sorry, not best friend, friend he hasn't seen in years. Uh, who just shows up one day and is not very worldly, not very clever, and he gets stuck trying to, you know, maneuver <laughs> around and ends up becoming a bit of a playboy himself. So I think I want to do that one again just because it was sheer fun, actually. Like, I, I don't know if I can add anything more to that role. Um, I lost, I think, nine pounds playing the role because it was so fast-moving, and I was just like, sweating so much but man i'd do that again for sure it was a ton of fun that's the best part when when they're fun and you just you can't explain it you just have a great time that's that's all yeah. you need that's yeah totally and i think there may have been a bit of a bias there too because i mean uh the the director is a good friend of mine uh but it was also the first time uh, my wife and i have acted opposite each other so we met in a show and we had been in i think two other shows together since then but we never actually were on stage at the same time. So this <laughs> one, we actually got to play with each other. So it was kind of fun. That's awesome. That, yeah. Those opportunities don't always come up uh, a lot. Like me and my wife, uh, my wife figure skates. I, that's not a sport I've ever even attempted. No. Um, uh, you know, when we skate together, uh, I'll try and do a jump in my hockey skates and then she'll just criticize. It's not how you do it. You don't have picks. You, you look like a, an idiot. Stop trying to impress me. You know, we're already married. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's so far. I, uh, I did offer that I would learn a routine for like an anniversary. And she just said, no, please don't. I don't want to. God, no. So uh, that's when, when you can, uh, yeah, do, uh, do a play together, perform together. That uh, just adds that special 
je ne sais quoi to it. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, we're we're pretty lucky that way. Hey, man, give it give it five years, I'd say, <laughs> you know, and uh, you'll start finding less things in common. You'll be a, a little unhappier, and she'll be like, "Remember that time you said you'd learn a routine for me? You'll be, you know, probably twenty pounds heavier, but you'll figure it out." <laughs> You know what she she I keep saying you know we're gonna be together for uh, we're gonna be married for eighty years and then I do something and she goes how long is it to eighty you know how many more years do I have to put up with you so <laughs> I swear cool. we love each other you know it's just... yeah that's gold I love uh, stuff so like final kind of set of questions uh, uh, I'm a big film guy I like uh, films uh, what type uh, what are your kind of go to films to put you in a good mood or what uh what film genre do you do you go to when you're bored and you're like yeah i feel like this comedy 100 percent comedy um and it, it doesn't uh, i'll even say rom-com to an extent uh like the the adam sandler style romantic comedies or even will ferrell now mm -hmm. um stuff like that but yeah if i if i just need to unwind and stay with a movie i will almost assuredly pick comedy um yeah i i love every other type of movie but sometimes you just don't want to think right yep and that's the, not the i'm not that comedy stupid that's not what i mean but it's the best thing to relax with and enjoy yourself um i think one of my my favorites that fall in that rom-com thing of the last decade or so is crazy stupid love mm. with, uh, steve carell ryan yes. gosling and all that that's too good it's too good i gotta watch that again actually but uh the weird thing is, I think my favorite movie of all time, this is almost embarrassing because it's a terrible movie, is Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis. Do you know this one? Hudson Hawk. It's oh. painfully bad. Like, it is such a bad movie, but I love it. I, I don't know why. It's one of the few movies that I've actually watched three times in a row. <laughs> Um, so it's about, uh, he plays, he plays a thief who has just gotten out of prison and, uh, him and his old partner get back into it and they, <laughs> they don't wear watches or anything like that. They time their sleuthing to songs. So they'll, they'll always remember the exact length and tempo of a song and they'll sing the song as they're doing their, their, uh, heist. Uh, and in the meantime, there's these terrible villains that come in and out trying to use them for their own heisting. And it's, it's really bad, but watch it. <laughs> I, I'm going to put it on the list. This is an interesting cast that I'm looking Oh, yeah. The cast doesn't save it. It's a bad movie. <laughs> but there's just something inherently fun about it. I don't know what it is. I mean, those are, those are the best movies. The ones that, you know, if you feel like you have to apologize for liking it, but it it makes you feel good like that's that that adds to the mystique 100 percent, man like i, I mo movies books music art sports whatever i i've never understood why people get embarrassed about and i even said it's almost embarrassing sharing my <laughs> movie, but like i've i've never understood why people have been made to feel like they have to hide what's on their ipod man if it makes you happy and you like it Go and do it. Like, who mm -hmm. cares? I listen to Carly Rae Jepsen too. Oh, like, I love Carly Rae. When she, she performed at the, uh, they did the kind of a sesquicentennial kickoff on New Year's Eve going into 2017. 
and they had performers there and it was on CBC and uh, that night it was like minus 35 and uh, me and this was before uh, my wife um, we were married or even engaged uh, and uh, her sister came she always likes to come to Ottawa and we're like oh we're gonna go and then it was like oh like it's really cold we're just like well we're just gonna snow pants and all that and uh, I've I remember Brett Kissel, my wife really likes country, so we've seen him a couple of times, but she was like, oh yeah, but I was like, Carly Rae Jepsen is performing, like, aren't we pumped for that? And uh, I just got made fun of so much uh, for that, but I was like, you know what, I've seen her perform now, like that, like. Totally, totally, man, good good on you. That's, that's a bold move for a boyfriend to say to a girlfriend. <laughs> but good on you for doing it you always gotta support what you love so i guess final question is we're kind of uh, asking all of the people who have come on uh we're gonna do i guess a grand uh i guess countdown of sports movies because uh, they get so cheesy they get so predictable but i guess I, I i think i like comedy a little more than sports movies but i some sports movies that are really i guess quote unquote accurate or more dramatic i get a I cry a lot at some sports movies every time I watch it because I'm like, I like I I've been in that situation or I know how it feels or that injury. And I'm like, yeah, I, my leg hurts now because I've had that injury and like, ah, yeah. So we're, uh, we're compiling a list. And so we're, I'm going to compile a list of all the people who come on the podcast and then I'm going to make my own and kind of compare it to what the, the mass do and see if I'm completely off base or if I'm kind of in tune with, especially people who don't really follow sports. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, are some of your favorite or come to mind that you enjoy or would sit down and watch and space jam count? Oh, space. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually the space jam I'm afraid to watch and in the sense that it might ruin my childhood memories of it. You know, it, uh, to me, it still holds up. I, I watched it. It's, it's still fantastic. I'm upset that they're making a second one. Me too. I'm one of those people that are like, no, don't LeBron James. I, I don't like you for making a second one. I can't yeah, stop that, him from that, making it, but yeah, it's just LeBron saying I beat Michael at something again. Right. <laughs> but no, um, I like the I I don't know if these are sports movies, but like you know the Happy Gilmore's and the Talladega Nights. Oh, like, those for those. sure. Um, Talladega Nights is the best racing movie. Oh yeah, no oh, question. I, no question. I have it's the, uh, some of the I have very few Blu-ray movies, but it's one that I've purchased on Blu-ray. Really? Because I don't know if my DVD one still works, but uh, yeah. you know the, I the only video player i have is a playstation so i'll play blu-ray so it's crystal clear and nailed it nailed it um i have a i have a a pretty big love affair for major league do you know that one with charlie yes yeah it's i've gone through kind of netflix and amazon and uh major league has come up uh and there's so many sports movies that looked absolutely god awful on Prime. That I'm like, you know what? I need to experience this. It's an hour and 21 minutes, so like, can't be that good, and it's not that big of a waste of time. But I think Major League interests me because Charlie Sheen's character, Wild Thing, mm. is like the least interesting character <laughs> ever put on film. 
And I think that's what baseball players are to athletes. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> they are the most boring, unless you're talking about fishing, but like the most boring athletes have to be baseball players. And I think, I think Wild Thing just exemplified that. But then on the other end, I think honestly, my favorite sports movie is probably between The Longest Yard, the original one, not the Sandler one, but Burt Reynolds that and a league of their own probably uh, mostly for tom hanks um because even like maybe it's kind of like what you said before but both bert's bert reynolds's character and uh, tom hanks's character uh they're like you know the athletes that went wrong yep everything and it's like just this crushing story of how everything could have been different for them that's wrapped in great comedic performances too so I don't know. Longest Yard or A League of Their Own, I think. Maybe A League of Their Own. I don't know. I find with A League of Their Own, it, it kind of it goes through, uh, like it comes up and then people talk about it and then kind of goes away for a while. Yeah. And then something like Tom Hanks will get an award or it'll be an anniversary or something and then people will start to talk about it again and more people will watch it. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those movies that come up every three to five years in a cycle and then more people discover it. And uh, so I think it's lived on like that. Uh, and it's a great movie, which is why it can do those cycles and keep coming up and people keep rediscovering and being like, Oh yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah, it's true. Eh? I never thought of that either. But when you think back to like TBS Superstation or <laughs> whatever it was, yeah. right? like every few years, League of Their Own had its run and then went off. That's, that's a really good point. I hope it keeps up that way. Me too. Yeah. So we've taken up enough of your time. Thank you very much for coming on today. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have you back on uh, in the uh, next little while. There's always stuff to talk about. Always yeah. stuff coming up. Uh, but and thank you very have... much for uh, coming on the podcast. No, man. Thanks so much. I just noticed the time. I didn't realize we've been going for that long. So thanks, man. Appreciate it. Is there, uh, is there me, anything man. you want to plug or uh, promote? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm taking a break from my live streams right now, but I hope to have those back up next week. So, hey, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, DJ on point or Instagram, Twitch, DJ underscore on underscore point, And we'll do some live streams and request your songs and stuff. Check them out, request those songs, get pumped up for the you know, NBA 2K on your PlayStation game that you're playing against <laughs> your friend online. I love uh, it. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate this, man. I had a lot of fun. Thank you once again, JT, for coming on the podcast. Super interesting. Go follow him. Can't wait to have you back on the podcast. And happy birthday. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Sports United Podcast. We're just going to give you some quick score updates. Houston and the LA Galaxy actually tied. The LA Galaxy scored in the 91st minute, which means that Houston does not advance into the round of 16, and New York City FC grabbed that fourth and final spot to fill out the MLS round of 16 and we're actually going to see if we can see the playoff bracket now to see who everyone plays. So starting July 25th we have our 
we have our matchups. So starting on July 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Montreal's going against Orlando City. And on that same day, the 25th, we have the Philadelphia Union versus the New England Revolution. On the 26th, Vancouver takes on Sporting Kansas City. And on July 26th as well, TFC takes on New York City FC. So if you're looking for some Canadian matchups, those are when the three Canadian teams uh, play and they have advanced. Hopefully, Canadian team keeps it going. Uh, it's still delayed in the New York Yankees-Washington game. And it's 0-0 in the top of the second for San Francisco and the Dodgers. Sports are back. Clear your weekend. We have the Challenge Cup final. We have a round of 16 MLS. We have baseball is back. Go outside, get some fresh air, but don't forget to return to watch some of your favorite sports happen. We've made it to July. We've made it to sports returning. Take a deep breath. We're all going to get through this together. Don't worry. We're here for you at the Sports Unite Podcast. Please follow us on social media, Sports Unite Pod on Twitter and Sports Unite Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Join us for some watch parties. Stay safe and never, ever forget to sport on.